spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And fans, do we have a treat for you. I just spent a few minutes uh, interviewing Bill over at canesinsight.com. And uh, it was a great opportunity to get some perspective, some insight on the Miami Hurricane team. And I think they have a lot of talent, uh, a lot of youth, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. I know we're not supposed to like Miami because, you know, the Alabama sort of tension. But uh, this is a team, a young team, an energetic team uh, with a nice uh, young head coach that uh, I think I think is going to be really fun uh, to watch. Now, Saturday against Alabama, we know where my loyalties are, and we know that I believe Alabama is going to win that game. The 18-and-a-half spread, that's a, that's a big number, especially uh, as many questions as I still think we have in an opening week. It's possible, but uh, I don't know how probable it is. But, uh, but nonetheless, this is an exciting Miami team. And the interview uh, with Bill was a really good discussion. I had uh, six or seven questions or topics or areas that we uh, spent time with, and he walked through their roster, players to watch, and uh, it was uh, really insightful. So I'm going to turn this over to that interview, and then I'll come back and uh, wrap up at the end. All right, here we go. Interview time. Welcome back, Alabama football podcast fans. we got a treat for you tonight. We've got Bill with Kane's Legacy Twitter, uh, canesinsight.com, joining us tonight. Talk a little bit of Miami Hurricanes coming up before game. Bill, happy football season. Oh, happy football season to you, too. It feels like Christmas Eve. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> hey, I've got some fun things to, to run down, tell our fans a little bit about the, the upcoming matchup with, uh, with Miami. And, uh, you know, why don't we jump, uh, just jump right in. How would you, from your perspective uh, with, uh, with your outlets, how would you characterize really the excitement or the expectation level across you know, the hurricane, call it fanscape, you know, returning 19 starters. There's transfers that have come in, some talented recruits. I think I'm really excited for you guys, not Saturday, but maybe beyond, but uh, really building off an eight and three program. There's got to be a lot of excitement on the ground there in Dade County. Yeah, there is. It feels like um, for the first time in a long time, you know, we've turned the corner as a program. You know, like you said, we're returning 19 starters. Um, you know, a lot of talent coming in through the transfer portal. Uh, Miami's kind of been at the forefront of that. Um, so ex- expectations are high. A lot, a lot of fans, you know, they, they don't go into a game expecting to lose, but I think we're a little bit more realistic this time uh, for Saturday coming up. But, uh, you know, for the, for the season, you know, there's no reason for this team not, you know, to have a good chance to win the Coastal. You know, we got North Carolina to deal with as well. But expectations are high. You know, De'Ara King coming back um, pretty much as that super senior um, that, that's a game changer. Um, you know, if it wasn't for him, we'd be rolling out a retro freshman that, um, you know, there'd probably be a lot more question marks, but, you know, expectations are high. My expectations are high for them. Um, and I think it's going to be a really fun season for Miami. Absolutely. We'll talk about De'Ara King, uh, you know, heartbreaking injury uh, there in the, uh, in the bowl game. Uh, I hate to see, I hate to see anybody get injured, but uh, right there in a bowl game that you could argue what, you know, relatively speaking, what that means any concerns over his, uh, it's a quick turnaround to get injured in December and then to be suiting up here uh, first part of September, uh, you know, for live action, any sort of concerns or there has there been any, you know, pacing him in, uh, in fall camp? 
Um, so no concerns, actually. Um, you know, throughout his rehab process, it's always come out that he's been ahead of schedule. And, you know, I always take kind of those things with a grain of salt because you don't really see it with your own two eyes. But once fall camp started and, you know, the media got eyes on him and, you know, some of our insiders, um, you know, talked to people around the program, turned no holding him back, no brace. Um, you know, he was out there full speed, um, you know, in some of the scrimmages, obviously it wasn't contact, but, you know, he was pulling and, you know, pulling that read option, uh, taking off with it. And, you know, by all accounts, he's explosive as ever. So, you know, it, when it first happened, I was very concerned, but, you know, after you know, going through the fall camp and seeing that he hasn't been limited at all, um, you know, that, that's really good news for him. And, um, you know, I'm really happy for him, um, cause he's such, you know, he's, he's a really you know, good teammate, um, you know, good, good player, good, good all around guy. So, um, you know, I'm really happy for him and, you know, just as excited for us that, you know, he's going to give us an exciting season. Absolutely. Are you guys sending birthday cards and Christmas cards to Dana Holgerson? I mean, I, I, th I think if he had a red shirt in his fourth year at Houston, right. He'd be out of college. Yeah. He, um, yeah, that was a weird situation that, you know, he played a couple of games early that year and then, you know, they, they weren't winning and him and a few others, um, you know, decided I'll take the red shirt and come back and they didn't. And he left. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're excited to have him. You know, we, we've struggled at times with, you know, the quarterback position amongst other things, you know, the past, you know, 15 years or so. And, you know, him and the addition of Rhett Lashley, um, you know, coming in together, you know, pretty much turn around the fortunes on the offensive side of the ball. I agree. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the offensive line up front. Is this the offensive line that Miami fans have been looking for? Yes. You know, we finally have some experience. Um, we have some size. Um, so I'll kind of just go position by position. Um, so at left tackle, uh, Zion Nelson came into Miami in 2019. He was a two-star recruit committed to Appalachian State. You know, flipped to us. Everyone assumed he was going to be, you know, this big project two, three years down the road. But, you know, we recruited poorly. We developed poorly. And he had to start as a true freshman. Um, and I don't know if you remember he's Florida to open the 2019 season. He took an absolute beating and that pretty much continued throughout the year, but, you know, credit to him. He stuck with it. He never, you know, lost confidence, uh, really transformed his body, put on weight. And he, he has a legitimate chance to be a first round tackle, whether this year draft or, you know, next year. Um, I think Todd McShay had him as like the fifth pick in his draft, right. At, his mock draft right after this, uh, this past draft. Um, and then, then moving down to, to uh, or we'll slide over to right tackle. So Miami just released their depth chart today. And the, the one surprise was DJ Scave starting over Jared Williams. Uh, Jared Williams is a super, super senior. He had a medical red shirt and then took advantage of this. So he's, he's actually a seventh year guy. So we kind of joke around saying he's the Van Wilder of uh, Miami right. offensive lineman. But um, DJ Scaife, um, you know, four, fourth year guy, he played right tackle his first two years on, um, on campus couple of games as a true freshman, sorry, as a sophomore, kicked inside last year. And he's just not a natural guard. He lacks kind of that strength, even though he has a guard body. Uh, so he's going to be starting at, over at right tackle. And then for guards, we have two new starting guards this year, even though Navon Donaldson isn't a new starter. He got hurt two years ago in rehab last year. Start, played a little bit towards the end of last year. So it was good to see him get back. Um, he's kind of been a very heavy you know, kind of sloppy guy and he's really toned down. Um, he's still a big guy, but um, you know, he's really got his body right because his you know, time for the NFL is coming up. Um, so he's going to be the starter at right guard. And then at left guard, we have a redshirt freshman and Jalen Rivers. You know, he was a pretty high level recruit out of the Jacksonville area. 
and he's he's a people mover. So we went from having essentially two 300-pound guards last year to Jalen Rivers, who's in that 320-330 range, and Donaldson, who's 330-340. And you know, if you know anything about Brett Lashley, he likes to run the ball. He likes to run the ball at the middle. Um, so we finally have some you know beef up front that you know can hopefully help out that run game. Rivers carries well. Rivers carries his yeah, weight very well. He looks like he could either put on or uh, he could step outside. He, he looks like maybe he's got that footwork. Yeah, we, we, we saw um, when he first got here last year, we, we saw him take some reps at right tackle. And he, he moves very well for a big guy. He carries it well. But I think it's just easier for him to start inside. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at right guard. Um, I'm sorry, right tackle. Yeah. You know, next year, the year after, depending on our needs. But um, and then just to round it out, Corey Gaynor, multi-year starter, um, kind of that cerebral guy in the middle. Um, lacks lacks certain physical tools. He can get pushed around a bit, uh, but we're hoping, you know, that he's really hit the strength program and you know, kind of develop that part. But um, you know, he's just kind of that steady, steady presence in the middle. Right. Right. No, the line looks like it's really coming together. That's going to be fun to watch, uh, see that gel for uh, for you guys this season. What about uh, what about the skill personnel? Sounds like uh, a lot of opportunity at wide receiver, a lot of talent come in. There's uh, certainly the transfer from Oklahoma, and and, and walk us through sort of who to look for at running back and tight end uh, as well. So we'll start at receiver. So big position of struggle last year. D. Wiggins, Mark Pope. Um, pretty sure they had to have led the country in drops. Very, they didn't create separation. Um, you know, they're very skinny, lean receivers. Got pushed around. Uh, Clemson really highlighted that. Uh, but the good news for Miami is they're now second team. D. Wiggins is listed as the second team, and Mark Pope wasn't even listed in the two deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, you know, we've upgraded. Um, you mentioned the transfer. That's uh, Charleston Rambo from Oklahoma. Uh, he comes in. He's probably going to be the number one threat on the outside. Um, then you have Mike Hart going to be working out of the slot. He was our leading receiver last year. Uh, fast guy, um, you know, will do most of his damage, um, you know, in, in the middle of the field, not really a true deep threat, even though he has speed, which is kind of a, I guess, an oxymoron. But, um, and then the, the one name to know that probably Alabama fans probably haven't even heard of, his name is Keyshawn Smith. He's a second-year guy um, out of California who's actually committed to Mike Leach at Washington State. Um, and then when Leach went to Mississippi State, you know, he looked around and you know landed at Miami. Um, so he, he got on the field a little bit as a true freshman, and he was one of the only receivers to kind of create separation downfield. He actually drew a couple pass interferences, which hurt his stat line. Um, his stat line isn't impressive if you look it up, but you know, he, he's a guy that could probably make some plays, and everyone's going to be like, oh, Who's that guy? Um, but he, you know, he's listed as a starter, and you know, we've all kind of been waiting for him to elevate his game. You know, tight end, Will Mallory, probably going to be an NFL guy. He's been playing kind of second fiddle to Brevin Jordan the last few years, but you know, he's a big athletic guy. He can really run um, when the ball's in his hands. He can make guys miss. He could you know, use his strength, bowl over them, and you know, I expect him to be um, in consideration for the Mackey Award um, at, the, at the end of the year. Fantastic. What about uh, what about running running back? It looks like uh, Cameron Harris is uh, is going to be the lead, but uh, I saw a couple places where it might be a committee. What's your thought? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to end up being a committee. You know, we had you know Cam Harris last year. Um, you know, he's really kind of stocky built. had had a, quite a few explosive plays, uh, but we had two talented true freshmen last year. I got some reps in Jalen Knight and Don Cheney. Don Chaney is by far the most physically gifted back on the roster. Um, he's dealt with some injuries, but he was a guy that Miami fans have known since the eighth grade, you know, just dominating, you know, 
Optimus Ball and, um, you know, he's starting as a true freshman uh, or as a freshman in high school and he's just a human highlight reel. Um, so, I, yeah, I expect it to be a committee. You know, Cheney's just kind of working his way back in, so I don't know if he's going to be a full 100% for Bama uh, come Saturday, but, um, yeah, I expect Cam to get to get the load and then you'll see Knighton and Cheney kind of, you know, get carries here and there. Well, let's flip the field and uh, and talk defense. Uh, you know, Miami and uh, Manny Diaz uh, run an attacking 4-3 scheme. It, you know, it looks like uh, trying to read the tea leaves, right? You guys are replacing two first-round defensive ends. Uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a hit there. Linebacker last year may not certainly have been a strength, uh, but de- defensive tackle, you know, looks like there's some, some depth and capability there. Do you think this is – uh, sort of an emerging you, uh, unit in the in the front seven, or is it is it maybe patchwork? How how would you characterize the front seven? You know, defensive tackle. I'm confident we you know, four experienced bodies: Nessa Silvera, John Ford, uh, Jared Harrison, Hunt, and who am I forgetting there? Hunt Ford. Oh, uh, Jordan Miller. Four experienced bodies, um, and then a true freshman Leonard Taylor, who's a five star recruit. Um, and by all accounts, he's he's lived up to the bill, so I consider us to be five deep at defensive tackle. The the concern is on on the edges um, at defensive end. You know, we, we lost Jalen Phillips, first round pick to the Dolphins. Um, we lost a seventh round pick in um, Quincy Roche um, as well, and then Greg Rousseau uh, who opted out last year because of COVID. He still went in the first round. Um, so Miami's done really well at defensive end since Manny Diaz um, has was since he's been here, um, even as the defensive coordinator. I think this year, you know, we have quite a bit of question marks. Um, you know, one of those linebackers that didn't play so well last year was moved down. He's going to be starting at defensive end in Zach McLeod. Um, and then we have um, Jafari Harvey on the other end um, that's going to be starting. You know, they, they don't have a lot of size at all. Um, I'm concerned if they can kind of set the edge, um, you know, in the run game. And then we also have DeAndre Johnson, who was a transfer of Tennessee. He was kind of playing that three, four outside linebacker. Um, he's going to have his hand in the dirt um, for us. But, you know, they're not a lot of production, you know, out of those guys, you know, especially well, one to transfer, one a former linebacker, and one a defensive end that, you know, has, has flashed in his two previous seasons. Um, he's an athletic guy, but it just hasn't – we haven't seen it with him. But I think Jafari Harvey is the one that can probably surprise if someone's going to do it for us. No, that's good. Uh, you know, it, I, you know, again, in, in what I was able to look at, it looks like there's a lot of potential there. Just, uh, you know, get, you know, bringing it together. And like you said, at the D tackle position, uh, you guys, you guys are, are, are thick there and, and a lot of big bodies. Talk about the, the linebacker core. It looks like there's a, a push to get uh, some more speed on the field. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm laughing because our linebacker play was just so terrible last year. Uh, and it's hard to explain. They were slow. They weren't instinctual. So what we're rolling with this year. So we, we play a fourth, four, three, basically two true linebackers on the field. And then we have what we call a striker, which is kind of a big safety rover type position. I think uh, Bama calls it this. Oh, no, that's Georgia because um, it's Eric Stevens. And that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, he was playing kind of that role for them. But yeah, so a middle linebacker is going to be Corey Flagg, uh, second year uh, kid out of Texas. Uh, he played a little bit last year, um, not overly athletic, but very instinctual, very smart, um, kind of just one of those tackling machines or potentially tackling machines in the middle. Um, and then over at weak side um, is Keontra Smith. So he's actually a converted striker. He's not very big. He's 215 pounds, uh, but, but he can run. He's 
you know, legit probably four five, four four five speed. Um, you know, he's, he's a physical guy, even though, you know, he's kind of on the, on the lighter side for a linebacker, but, um, the first play of this, the spring, uh, the spring game for us, he chased down Jalen Knight and beat him on the edge, um, and tackle, but any of our other linebackers, that would have been probably a 30 yard gain. So it's that the expectations are higher. Um, although I don't think it'll be a strength of the team. I just think it'll be an improved unit. Um, and especially with the defensive tackles, probably, you know, the, the, one of the strengths or the strength of the defense that should take a little bit of pressure off them um, and allow them to you know, really step up and help a running game or running defense that really struggled last year. You know, we, everyone kind of remembers the North Carolina game where they ran for about 8 billion yards. Uh, so, one of, you know, one of the low points of last year, but you know, our defensive coordinator, was Blake Baker. He's now the linebacker coach at LSU and Manny Diaz is taking over defensive play calling. Um, so when he was a defensive coordinator, you know, this unit, he's always had good units sometimes, you know, in the elite range. Um, so we're hoping to kind of get back to that, um, you know, having, you know, one of the better defenses in college football. I was going to ask about that striker position. Amari uh, Carter uh, is main in that, that position, at, at least in the starting lineup. He's a converted uh, strong safety and he's one of your lighter linebackers and in fact he and Frierson the number two there are, are the two of your lighter linebackers I was going to ask how you deployed it you said you said something of a, of a rover position does that you know more in coverage do they do they blitz like how do, how do you see that position what should we look for out of uh Carter at that uh striker position they'll, they'll, they'll do a little bit of everything Carter yeah you know, this this role was kind of built for him he's been playing safety for us um pretty much out of position in my opinion, um, but we just needed, you know, the bodies there and you'll, you'll even see, you know, packages with two strikers on the field. You know, Frierson has been one of our most consistent defenders the last couple of years. So I was surprised to see him not starting when I saw the depth chart today, but I, I fully expect him and Carter to, you know, pretty much be 50, 50 in terms of those reps. Um, if not, you know, having both of them on the same field at the same time, but you'll, you'll see them lined up in a kind of a traditional linebacker spot. Yep. You'll see them lined up in the slot. You know, depending on the formation, you may even see them, you know, drop into a, a deep safety role. And Manny Diaz likes to blitz, so you'll see them coming off the edge and, you know, blitzing inside with the defensive tackle, you know, doing a stunt to the outside. Um, so you'll, you'll see a little bit of everything from them. But, you know, I think Carter's really going to excel in, in that role. Uh, and, you know, Frierson's played very well, you know, the last two years um, as a starter there. No, that's good. I like the speed and versatility on the field. Alabama plays uh, three, four, but one of the outside linebackers is, we call it a Jack, a uh, Jack linebacker. And depending upon who's man in that position, that'll be a walk-up defensive end that, you know, will walk back into, uh, in, into coverage uh, or just will, you know, play more of a straight up traditional run fit. So uh, we try to, we try to use that position uh, and get a little variable there at, uh, at a linebacker a linebacker uh, spot as well. Talk to me about the secondary. The secondary, I think, is really the the jewel of the uh, of the Miami defense. And, and, and I know we want to talk about one of your safeties, but uh, walk us through a couple of the cornerbacks and a couple of the safeties. What do you think about uh, the secondary? Yeah, so, you know, the, the cornerback room, you know, we had uh, Tyree Stevenson, uh, who I mentioned earlier, uh, transfer in Georgia. Um, you know, he, he slimmed down. Um, he, you know, he wants to be on, on the outside as a corner. That's where he's going to play. So him, you know, the other corner is DJ Ivy, who has all, all the physical tools. He's just, he's been really inconsistent. Um, you know, the last few years, um, we have a new defensive backs coach in Travaris Robinson, uh, who spent some time all throughout the SEC. 
most recently at South Carolina, where he helped produce J.C. Horn, uh, who was the first cornerback taken. Um, so we have high hopes that you know the secondary is really going to elevate their game. Um, and then kind of as a second, or I, I refer to him as our slot corner, even though he's going to play on the outside as well, uh, to Corey Couch. Um, you know, he, he's small, but you know he's really sticky and aggressive and kind of that typical South Florida defensive back. Uh, you know, he'll get in your face. He's physical. He's a really fun player to watch. And then kind of moving over to safety, the, the big ones, Bubba Bolden, uh, transferred from USC a few years ago. The first four games last year, he looked like one of the best safeties in the country. Um, you know, he, he was everywhere. Um, you know, kind of, I think he was a borderline five, sorry, US when he got to USC, but he looked every bit of it. Um, and then I'm not sure what happened, if it was maybe an injury that we didn't know about or something. He, he just didn't, wasn't playing as fast and aggressive as he was in the earlier in the year. Um, still, still a good player, but just wasn't, you know, kind of, I was like, oh, we might have an all American here. Um, so that, that's the hope for him is to get back to being that, you know, that monster back there, the do it all guy. Uh, and then next to him is Gervin Hall. He's been starting the last few years. Um, average player um, won't, won't really stand out. You know, he won't, you know, get beat, but he really won't make any eye popping plays. And then Avante Williams um, who probably isn't going to be playing this Saturday. He was dismissed from the program last month for you know, domestic violence. Um, the charges were dropped and he has since been reinstated. Um, but he's, you know, down, down the road. Um, you know, I expect him to be a starter. Um, you know, he missed, he missed all fall camp. So he's way, way behind. Um, but he was one of those guys. I was like, this guy could play at Alabama. Like he was the kind of that high level recruit. Um, I think he was the number one or number two safety in the country for his class. Um, so that, that, that was a big loss because um, I thought he was going to be an upgrade over Gervin Hall. But, um, you know, things happen. But, right. um, but the, the secondary, you know, I think we're going to be a lot more aggressive in terms of, you know, on the outside with the corners, allowing them to finally play press man. Uh, last year, you know, Baker had them doing a lot of just bailing and, they weren't disrupting the wide receivers and it was just a lot of easy completions. Uh, but I expect us to be more aggressive and, you know, challenge the receivers and the quarterback to throw into tight windows, um, than, you know, than what we've seen in the past. With the, uh, with the three starting caliber corners uh, and you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, what is it to Corey as, uh, uh, as the, is the slot. Do you see a lot of nickel uh, in the Kane secondary? Yeah, they're, they're going to throw a, a lot of, or Diaz is going to throw a lot of different packages. Um, you know, you might see three safeties on the field. You might see two strikers, you know, three corners. But I think, you know, if, if we're going to have the kind of the true slot um, corner out there, it, it's going to be couch. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of in nickel a lot anyway, but we just slide the striker out. So there, there's a lot of kind of chess pieces that Diaz likes to play with. Um, and I think he's going to you know, be creative. He's going to kind of throw the kitchen sink at Bryce Young and hope to confuse him, get some pressure, you know, force some mistakes because that that's what defense is. You have to force mistakes right. now. You know, the spread offense is, um, you know, you're not being able to just sit back and, you know, stop, a, stop an offense anymore, especially one, you know, as talented as Alabama. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I want to, I just want to underscore, and it's interesting uh, how you said it was almost a tale of two seasons for, uh, for Bolin, but I want to underscore to Alabama fans, keep an eye out on, on 21. He's a, just a, a stuffer in terms of 
of stats. He was Miami's leading tackler last year, uh, six and a half TFLs. He had a sack. He had an interception. He had four forced fumbles. He's all over the place. And then to hear that he did most of his dirty work early in the season and had some taper off, uh, I agree. You do have an All-America uh, on your hand if he's able to maintain uh, the pace. I don't know what these numbers would have uh, projected to, but that's an impressive stat line as it is. Uh, and uh, if, if he's got more to give, uh, he's going to be an interesting character, character to watch this season. Yeah, and the one, the one interesting thing about um, May Diaz's defense is the leading tackler is usually, or it's always been a safety. And right. I mean, there might be one, one year that might be off, but um, usually it's a safety. Um, so the safety is probably the most important part in his scheme because they're asked to do so much in terms of not just coverage, but you know, the run fits and, you know, coming up to make tackles. So when Miami gets good safety play, um, you know, Diaz's defense is usually clicking. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch because you have a good one. So uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Well, uh, clean up anything I've left off. Either side of the ball, what's a storyline, a player, a question, something that you're uh, excited to track uh, as the season kicks off? Yeah, I think, you know, my, Miami's offense just – as a whole, um, you know, we're in set, the second year of Rhett Lashley um, and his offense. So he's had a full off season to pretty much implement everything. Uh, we only got a few spring practices in last year before uh, COVID canceled that. And it was just you know, such a weird year last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really expecting, you know, the offense to be, you know, creative and diverse um, and you know, more explosive, but also more efficient. We were really, um, dependent on the big plays last year, whether it was, you know, De'Ara King scrambling or, you know, Cam Harris breaking one loose. So I, I expected this offense to take a pretty big jump. You know, they were in the 90s in 2019. Uh, he got us up into, you know, I think the high 30s. Um, so I, I want us I to be a top 20 offense. Yeah. Um, and I think, that, I think that's, you know, realistic for what we have coming back. Um, and then one one position to keep an eye on for Miami is kicker. Um, so we graduated Jose Borregales, you know, who was phenomenal last year. Um, and when you turn on the game on Saturday, you're going to hear Borregales again. It's actually his younger brother uh, is a true freshman. Um, you know, one of the most impressive, probably true freshman kickers in the country. By all accounts, he's more um, developed than his brother was at the same stage. Um, so expectations are high for him, but we're going to be rolling out a true kicker, making our you know, attempting his first field goal in college against right. Alabama on national TV. So that that's something to keep an eye on, uh, you know, special teams, you know, especially, you know, early in the season where a lot can happen if the game comes down to a field goal, you know, you, you never know. Never so know. That, that that's something, um, you know, to keep an eye on as well. Absolutely. Wait, I'll get you out of here on an easy one. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> who's your favorite cane of all time? Oof. Uh, you know, we, we have such a story tradition, right? Um, and I'm looking at the jerseys I have on my wall and, you know, Sean Taylor is up. It, it's gotta be Sean Taylor. He was such a fun, fun player to watch. Um, just a freak athlete, but so instinctual. And I think that's kind of a, a part of his game that gets overlooked. Um, he was super smart on the field, you know, just reading defenses, you know, cutting across the field cause he knew where the ball was going. And, you know, even, you know, even as I'm getting ready for the year, uh, for the season, you know, I always turn on Sean Taylor highlights. They, they never get old. They're, they're something amazing. And I think, you know, even he didn't attend Alabama, but I think football fans just in general um, would appreciate, you know, what he did at the college level. Right. Well, I was going to say, uh, I was going to say my favorite Miami player is, uh, is Lamar Thomas, but I don't want to do you dirty that oh. way. Uh, 
Okay. All right, that's not fair. Let's blow the belt. I understand. Uh, I think uh, no, uh, straight up. Uh, there's there are so many, and there's been different eras where uh, where Miami has uh, really been successful. I, I think uh, my my straight up favorite uh, hurricane is uh, Willis McGahey. Although he turned me, uh, I, I think I turned green when I saw his knee injury. But uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, when when he was healthy and full go, boy, he was something else to watch. Yeah, he uh, he he was. I feel like he was on Adrian Peterson's level in that 2002 yes. season he had. Yes. yes, he was big. He was fast. He, you know, he had it all. Um, you know, a couple of painful moments you brought up Lamar Thomas, but you know that. Uh, Sorry. Yes, I mean that that was one of the greatest plays you know I have seen by George Teague. So um, credit where credits due. Um, but that you know that 2003 Fiesta Bowl, which is the 2002 national championship, yeah, um, that was that was the worst, you know, he gets hurt and then Miami gets screwed on a pass interference call. And, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> pa- painful memories. Painful memories. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't going for that on the second one, but, uh, uh, but, uh, but if at any rate, Hey, it's going to be a great game Saturday. I appreciate you coming on, uh, talking a little bit, uh, about the hurricanes. I know I learned a lot, uh, talking to you and I know our listeners have, uh, have as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Um, you know, football season's here. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to you know, watch the game, but you know, I always follow Bama from a distance. So outside of Saturday, I wish you guys the best of luck and make sure when you guys face Florida, you beat them by 50. Back at you. <laughs> Back at you. I definitely will uh, definitely will be watching you guys. We definitely want to do that to Florida, and uh, I'll be watching you guys, especially I feel like I know uh, I know you a lot more now uh, than uh, than I did even just a couple of days ago. So, Good luck on Saturday uh, and good luck this season. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Alabama fans. So that was my interview with Bill. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Really good, uh, again, conversation. Uh, we're going to try to do these each week as we can. Finding some of these uh, podcasts and these sites are are a little challenging and, and scheduling them, but uh, we're going to give it a go. And uh, if you have a favorite one that you would like for us to uh, to interview or if you have a connection that can uh, help us do that, then, uh, then absolutely uh, give that a go. I'm also going to use this opportunity to plug the membership program. And I'm going to tell you a really cool thing that we did on the membership program. What I am recording here is going to go to our producer and it's going to edit and it's going to take a couple of days between the Monday interview and when this posts on the website. But you know what's happening Monday night? Monday night, the full recording, the raw recording with the intros and the outro, outros and, and the, the conversation with Bill is uh, is releasing to our premium uh, site. And so if you're a member and you get our premium podcast feed, then you'll have an opportunity not only to listen to it early, but you'll get to hear some of the ch- uh, shop talk before and after, which is interesting because we had some good, uh, he had he had a number of questions about Alabama that we talked about uh, afterward. And again, it was just a really good conversation. And you'll have insight to that if you're um, a member of our support team and downloading the uh, private feed. If you have any questions about that, don't hesitate to email me at alabamafootballpodcast at gmail.com or go to the website, alabamafootballpodcast.com. Spoiler alert, if you email me, that's what, this is what I'm going to ask you to do, is to go to the website because there's a uh, sign-up page. So alabamafootballpodcast.com, uh, sort of the sticky article, 
just below sort of the, the headline uh, talks about the member support program. There's a big sort of uh, support your podcast banner that you can tick, uh, tick on that as well. And both of those will take you to the, to the sign up page and it's silly, simple, inexpensive. It's $2 a month during the season. Uh, or you can do the full year for, uh, for 12, uh, 18 bucks. I can't do math. So 18 bucks, so you get a couple of months, uh, a couple of months free there. So definitely worth checking out, uh, especially if you're, want to hear these interviews in their fullness and uh, potentially even a couple of days early uh, every time. All right, with that, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.